You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. Well, that's damn fine swing, I must say, sir. Just want to introduce myself. I'm Austin Ford Bush III. I'm just coming over here from Houston, Texas. Hope to chat to you about a little golf today. Capital idea. Might I say, my good man, your English is very good for somebody from the New World. I myself is just strolling around. Uh, I'm uh, a little-known figure of fifth of Kinbear. Uh, I like to consider this golf club my, my little project for these uh, last couple of years. You know, man, I struck oil about ten years ago there, and I just had a bit of spare cash lying around. And I was just wondering, you know, after driving around this uh, poor, impoverished area of the country, is there any nice charities I can donate to? You know, any anything that helped the, the poor, the needy, the sick? Tom, bloody Ron, that's a capital idea. Of course, as a member of the Anglo-Irish aristocracy, I'm always a bit strapped for cash myself, and this golf course does drain one's funds considerably. I, um, you know, I've uh, recently considered my endeavors quite altruistic and beneficial to the local community. Perhaps you, as a fine American, would find it in your deep-fried heart to dig into your pockets and cough something up for us. Well, sure, as long as you stick my name in the building, I don't really care. Ta-ta! So will the donation of Austin Ford Bush III be accepted as a charitable donation? Who or what in Irish law gets charitable status? And why isn't a golf club or any other sports club considered a charity in Irish law? Welcome to episode 12 of Legally Fond. In this episode of Legally Fond, we discuss the Killarney Golf Club case. Pierce, it's from your neck of the woods, so you're going to tell us what happened. This case uh, concerns the Killarney Golf and Fishing Club. This golf club is comprised of about three courses, um, which I know fairly well, having had the pleasure of playing on them. That is Killeen, Manny's Point and Lacaban, and they're set on the beautiful Loch Lane in Killarney, beautiful you know, vista. Um, the course would have been developed in the 1930s by the Earls of Kinmare, notably Lord Castle Ross and others. But in 1968, after the course uh, had been up and running for about 30 years or so, Board Falta approached the then owner, Beatrice Grosvenor, and offered to purchase 125 acres of the land. The idea behind it was kind of to extend the national park that already existed in Killarney and essentially preserve this uh, this beautiful area of the country from rural destruction and development of you know ugly suburban housing estates, etc. And then this essentially leads to the setup of a trust, which was a kind of compromise between the the needs and ambitions of Board Falta and the opinions of the board. And this trust was set up as a charitable trust. And this is the issue at play here. So before we tread any further into this case, what is a trust? 
So a trust is a means of passing property from one person to another or one person to a group of people. You sign over ownership to somebody for the benefit of someone else. So a trustee will hold this property. So it could be a house, it could be money, it could be shares in the company for the benefit of, it could be a younger relative who isn't of age. You might also hear about it in the context of trust funds in America, rich kids and their rich parents who've put money aside to fund their education in future. Or in the context of private pensions, if you have a private pension in Ireland, generally they'll be set up as a trust and the fund managers who are investing your pension will be the trustees and then you who have the pension will be the beneficiary. So here's the thing, there's two parties in a trust. There's the trustees, they're the ones who legally own the property, the property is transferred to them and they administer the property ensuring that the beneficiaries, the other party, receive the benefit from the property and get to use the property. But let's say I want to give a house and some shares in a company to Pierce. But instead of giving it to him directly, I ask Alex to hold it on trust. So I transfer the house and the shares into Alex's name, and then it's Alex's job to make sure that Pierce gets the property. Alex is known as the legal owner. He has legal title to the house and the shares initially. And Pierce is known as the beneficial owner. Why? Because he's able to use or benefit from the shares and the house, while Alex is not. So why would I go to all the hassle and complexity of setting up a trust as opposed to just giving the property directly to Pierce? There's a couple of reasons. Perhaps Pierce is not of age yet. He's, legally speaking, too young to sign over a share transfer form or sign over the title deeds to receive the house. Or maybe I'm particularly worried about the financial implications of it and I want the donation to be tax-free on the basis that it's a charitable donation. Well, if I give the donation through a trust, it's possible, if you fulfill certain criteria, that it can be a charitable donation. And therefore, I won't have any liability to the taxman. A charitable trust, you know, as per its name, must have a charitable purpose. The Charities Act 2009 is what really sets out uh, what can or can't be a charitable trust in Ireland. So you've got the three main ones, which prevention or relief of poverty or economic hardship the advancement of education or the advancement of religion. So these are all generally assumed to be, subject to some exceptions, charitable purposes. There's a whole other long list of different purposes later on in the Charities Act. But for the purposes of this case, we want to debate whether sport can be a charitable purpose and therefore whether Killarney Golf Club can receive tax exemptions. Now, the other thing to note is that if you're making a charitable trust, it has to have some kind of public benefit. That means that it can't benefit too small a group of people. It has to benefit a sufficiently broad group of people in order to be considered a charitable trust. So, for instance, if I set up a trust to provide for the education of my relatives, although the purpose of education is considered a charitable purpose, because there isn't a wide enough group of people benefiting from this, then it's unlikely to be considered a charitable trust. So golfers who are mainly middle-aged, middle-class males who spend their Sunday afternoons away from their wives hitting a few balls on a golf course, generally who pay high membership fees to join the golf club, why should the facilities provided to them be deserving of charitable status and therefore be tax-exempt? Kevin, we've spoken a lot about sympathetic plaintiffs on this podcast, whether that be little... Miss Moynihan in episode one, very sympathetic plaintiff. We mentioned it. So just imagine, you know, to picture for ourselves 
Earl uh, of Kenmare, Pierce O'Mara, strolling down the fairway on the fourth, head to toe in tartan, caddy dragging his clubs along. I, I just can't really square that with having being a sympathetic plaintiff. And, you know, for what is a very, uh, you know, I, you know, I will have, I'll make my point in a few minutes about why I think the sport could very well be a charitable trust. This isn't exactly a case to, uh, to cite to further that point of view. I, I would object to my very unfair styling as a, as a member of the aristocracy. Um, I, I think it was complete misrepresentation of who I am, my character and, and indeed my values. I would toe the line that Killarney Golf Club did in this case and recognize the value that they bring to both Killarney and the wider Kerry socioeconomic fabric as an institution, both socially and economically. And uh, I, I think that they have contributed immensely to the tourism industry on which no doubt Kerry survives. Uh, they have preserved an incredible um, area of the country. They have promoted its natural beauty uh, it's it's a wonderful stretch, and this coupled with the National Park in Killarney, I think, do fantastic work and do fantastic um, marketing for Kerry as a tourist destination. And I think to limit the scope of the analysis of, of, of what a charitable trust does to people who are only directly enjoying the benefits of a golf club is, is very unfair. I think there's an immense spin-off industry that comes from the existence of that golf club, and I think it brings so much more to the broader community than just golf you're speaking in very economic terms about the golf club there now a golf club while a club is an economic entity in order to play on the course you got to be a member or you got to pay green fees though its purposes might not be for profit why should an economic entity like a golf club be given tax exemptions i, I think a well-run charity by nature at its core uh, must be a well-oiled economic machine it has to be a, a profit-driven machine. It's just where those profits are then directed is the difference. They're not going into directors' dividends. They're not, you know, there's a different type of social uh, shareholder, I would argue, that exists. They're going to the people who need it most. They're being redirected into the community or, or whatever that purpose is. And, and as Killarney Golf Club pointed out, all the profits that they received are going back directly into those facilities they're going back into maintaining the beautiful grounds. They are going back into supporting that club, which does so much good for the broader community. So um, I think it's, it's yes, certainly it's, it's out there to make a profit, but where those profits go is what we have to be looking. Maybe let's delve into our golfing experience. Uh, my golfing experience has mainly been on the fairways of the crazy golf uh, I no. played Gavin in, in Crazy yeah, Golf. Yeah, and I, in, I beat in, you, Pierce. It was in the Rainforest Adventure forged, Golf in, in I forged the scorecards. <laughs> I tore them up then so we couldn't <laughs> properly analyse it. But yeah, it was the one out in Dundrum. It, it has this kind of Mayan theme and they have they have like the sound of the uh, rainforest, rainforest uh, rain like falling pipes through the speakers and stuff. It's a funny one. But anyway. It's an out we it's, have, it's like uh, it's a whole immersive experience. It's it's more than just a game of mini golf. You know, you 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 feel like you're really traveling the South American subcontinent. <laughs> we have a 18 hole pitch and put course in St. Anne's Park in Rohini. And every like every summer it's the start of the season kind of like May and you go all, all the way through August. And in May you're always 
awful and you know you couldn't hit snow off a rope by august sure like i might as well be on the pga tour pierce despite me beating you in crazy golf you consider yourself a bit of a golfer what are your top golfing tips it, it's all it's all in the build-up in the setup um you have to be consistent with your line of play you always have to play the ball from the same position off the same footing if you understand what i mean no matter where it is if that's on the tee box fairway or the green you should be setting up with a procedure obviously club dependent but it should always be mirrored that way you do you're not adjusting to the lie of the ball the lie of the ball is adjusting to you and of course shoulders shoulders are incredibly important and there are a number of exercises you can do to make sure your your shoulders are lining up because that is always indicative of where the ball is going to go and you can get all these tips and more on my website, uh, PusamaraPGATips.ie. And today we are offering my 14-volume Improve Your Putting for $69.99. And we'll throw in a signed copy of my Chip to Success guide, signed, of course, by myself, uh, if you order in the next 12 hours. The link will, of course, as always, be on our website. There is an inherent intangible value and there are a lot of uh, stakeholders, not necessarily shareholders and, you know, sports clubs in general. There has to be recognition that clubs are very valuable to the community and they don't only bring economic benefits. Uh, they do, they provide jobs uh, on a very basic economic benefit, but, you know, they provide a, a sense of community. Like, you know, the GAA throughout Ireland have you know, maintained amateur status and are the heart and soul of many small Irish communities. Uh, I think Piers could probably attest to that more than I could. Like sports is in, or is specifically mentioned in the equivalent legislation in England. So there is precedent here to say that, well, sports actually is a charitable purpose. Like it is very, like there are so many benefits, you know, if you, quite easily imagine a scenario that is much more sympathetic than Clarny Golf Club and Pierce Amaro on the back nine on a sunny July day. Like there's numerous examples of sports being pivotal in, you know, keeping young men and women on the right track and keeping them in school. Teach you know, I think I've banged on about this before on the podcast that like it teaches people so much, not just about the sport itself, but about life in general. Well listen, I don't think any of us believe that sport is a bad thing or any of us disagree on the fact that sport has lots of social benefits the question here is effectively whether or not sport should get tax exemptions and a golf club like killarney golf club should so if i'm a a super rich person i've got a couple of million euro in the bank account and i'm wondering how i should invest it and then i invest it by building a golf course because i've got charitable status that means i pay no tax would this be a tax rebate to the super rich? And if so, is that just? Well, no, because because no. If it, to be a sports club, you have to every economic entity. So that, whether that's a charity or whether that's you know a business, they cannot be loss making enterprises because that is like just unsustainable. Like they have to take in more money than they put out. Like it just doesn't seem it simply doesn't make sense from a purely accounting point of view. Sports club profits or surpluses, sorry, I think that's probably the right accounting term for it. Surpluses go back into the club. It is, you know, 
essentially an entity that is simply trying to exist rather than to you know grow and make profits and uh for its shareholders when you look through the other i think it's 12 specific like explicitly mentioned things that can be charitable in nature the one that i think really does stand out is you know section 11 part a the advancement of the community of community welfare including the relief of those in need by reason of youth age ill health or disability and sports clearly satisfies that you know young people in sports uh you know the special olympics has had great success in ireland ill health like you know reduces obesity promotes healthy living like there are so many reasons that sports can be charitable and i just like it's hard to make the point when the case in front of you is Killarney golf club with a joining fee of seven grand but i still think the case can be made well you brought up the seven thousand euro membership fee i think it's it's been reduced now i just checked it's it's two thousand bargain it is bargain they have a very very affordable rate or a considerably discounted rate for 18 to 24 year olds in a kind of tiered membership system you can you can you know 350 euro for a year's membership at one of the premier golf clubs in ireland i mean you'd pay you'd pay the same for an ep ticket and i think you'd get immense you know like, like like alex points out the kind of cathartic and uh, and cleansing nature of a good game of golf. You know, nice walk around, beautiful part of the country. You're focusing on your game. You're clearing your mind. I, I think it uh, it does wonders uh, for for that uh, that side of things. And uh, I suppose it's not it's not renowned as a team sport, but certainly there is that element of camaraderie. You know, you talk about the clubhouse, and uh, you know, even getting involved in the organizational structures of these things. I think does uh, but but Pierce, a lot for people. Sorry to interrupt you. Traditionally, when you think of charity, you think of something that is altruistic, that is voluntary, that the recipient doesn't have to pay any money for, it doesn't have to sacrifice anything for, by the mere fact that they are a poor person or in need of help in some way, that they will they will receive this and won't have to to give anything in return. In order to be a beneficiary of this golf club, you have to pay a membership fee, and it's a very high membership fee at that, excluding anyone in the local area who can't afford to pay the fee. Surely that fact alone rules this out from getting a charitable status. The arts is class is charitable. Like, I don't see anybody uh, in economic hardship you know, benefiting from that, maybe besides the artist themselves, like you have to pay for the art and generally most of the benefit is going to, you know, whichever uh, person who has a disposable income to buy it. There's a, you know, I think there's a kind of, if you go on such a strict definition of charity, you do narrow it to a point where you actually, like you lose a lot of benefit that, you know, can be brought by these types of organizations. Like, is there any evidence like, that sports clubs aren't being opened in Ireland? Golf courses aren't being built because they don't get No, but it's not it's not just it's not just op- it's not just opening it, it's running it. It's giving money to it. You know, if you say that well, okay, I as a private individual can give money to this club and you know, it's a charitable cause. I'd like it and you know, we've discussed the benefits of that of a charitable status already, making it easier to give to to sports clubs will obviously like have a benefit whether that's you know better facilities it could be better you know coaching and training like you know there's still a an aspect to that as i said it does create jobs 
But as I said, it'll only benefit the people that have paid the membership fee. Where is the public benefit? If many people in the community are excluded from even potentially benefiting from this golf course because they can't afford the expensive membership fee. I think that's quite a narrow way of looking at it because you're only looking in terms of direct benefit. As I've said, and as Killarney Golf Course or Golf Club made the point in their case, there is a huge spin-off and indirect benefit to this golf club existing and doing very well and having good facilities. They bring in huge amounts of tourists. Uh, they've held the Irish Open there to, to, recently twice in the last couple of years. Obviously, that was a huge boost to the local economy, to people running B&Bs, to taxi drivers, to people working in bars, students working in bars, people working in restaurants. You know, they probably got higher tips. They, you know, they were working more hours. The hotels were filled everything gets a benefit and not just to Killarney this was probably spilled into loads of smaller towns you know people probably made a weekend out of it they went down to Dingle there's there was a boost to the Irish economy because Killarney Golf Club was operating to such a high standard so as to host the Open. It's such a, a Kerryman thing to do to attribute an increase in Ireland's GDP due to the golf club in his parish. <laughs> Should we make a distinction between professional and amateur sport and commercially run sports facilities and not-for-profit sports facilities? There's a big difference between a local GAA club, which is at the grassroots of the community, from which nobody takes an income and everybody is a volunteer, and then Trump's golf course, Doonbeg in County Clare, which is world-renowned, is a massive tourist attraction in Ireland. They're two completely different propositions. Is this where we draw the line and we say we give charitable status to the one which is by the community for the community and we don't give charitable status for the one that is by the billionaire for the millionaires? Well, obviously, like, you know, you have to say, well, what is the primary purpose of a club? Obviously, and I think that's a very easy line to draw and you can then regulate it like any other charity whether, well, actually, is this just a, an economic enterprise, uh, profit-making um, expedition or is this really a genuine effort to better the community that it's in? I suppose as well you have to kind of look at the context. You, you bring up Doombeg and I think to compare that to Killarney is, is very unfair. I think Killarney and other courses that exist in the country like the K Club, Adair Manor, Duke's Golf Links, um, Waterville, all of these are established historical clubs that that have a lot of cultural value to them as well and uh, if, if not you know architectural significance in who designed the course the uniqueness of the location I mean a Lynx course which is a course uh, played by the sea which unfortunately is not is not the case for Clarney it's a parkland but if you take a Lynx course in Ireland that's a, that, that's an incredible rarity to have that level of matured golf course to even exist um, so you know th- that takes decades to perfect uh, in terms of its maintenance. So I, th- I think they present an, an incredible amount of value. Uh, whereas Doonbeg, uh, I think you have successfully cherry-picked, Gavin, perhaps the most notoriously commercially and financially driven golf club run by uh, a literal you know, property magnet from, from New York uh, who's come in here and swept up this course solely to make profit of it and slap his name on top of it. But at the same time, even still, if you look at it, the small village of Dunbeg has 300 jobs out of that investment. So it's not just benefiting directly those who can afford to play on the course. It is, of course, 
giving uh, employment to to an area of Ireland that may not necessarily have had it otherwise. That is clearly a profit making enterprise, and it can be, I think, like that can be distinguished or should be distinguished from, you know, in this case, golf clubs, but sports clubs in general. Look, I was very selective in the example that I used, but I think it's it's a useful example to consider if you want to extend charitable status to all golf clubs or all sporting bodies. Pierce, you said that Killarney is completely different to Dunebeg and that Dunebeg is this tourism focal point in the west of Ireland, which is somewhat true, but Killarney is also a tourism focal point. And just as Charlton in this case said that this course is particularly popular with American tourists and that to extend charitable status to it would be to extend charitable status to a tourism attraction. And if we're going to do that, why don't we give charitable status to casinos and to theme parks? And if we're going to do that, we might as well give charitable status to a theme park like Tato Park. But that, I think that's kind of a null, a null point because like museums, art galleries, uh, you know, Collins Barracks for one, all tourist attractions that maintain charitable status. Like I, I think using that as a metric is kind of short-sighted. Yeah, and I think you know, the ones you've brought up there by way of example, Alex, all have immense cultural and historical significance. Um, you know, they, they are something that is emblematic or representative of our history or, or has some significance or importance. And indeed, that can be said for this area of the country. I mean, you have Muckras House, you have Ross Castle. I'd say the charitable trust or charitable status should be extended to the entirety of the township of Killarney, if not all of Kerry, for its value in sewing together the cultural fabric of the island of Ireland. You know, it is the jewel in the crown of Irish history, you know, social life. It it, it really, really brings the country together in that sense, I think. Is that why you guys don't... No, that's that's why he doesn't. Uh, that's why nobody leaves Kerry unless it's final, isn't that right? Well, we wouldn't know about that now. Uh, I, I think, uh, seeing considering the way things are going at, at present. So here's the deal: golf clubs and sports clubs, more generally, are not recognised as getting charitable status in Irish law. We discussed why this should be changed. The Killarney Golf Club case established this, and just as Charlton, as I pointed out, was very keen to emphasise that this golf club acts as a tourist attraction for Killarney. And that while it might be of benefit to the community, there are many other things, as we discussed, that are of benefit to the community that don't enjoy charitable status and therefore the tax advantages of it. That's been episode 12 of Legally Fond. Thanks for listening. Please, please, if you could spare a moment, write us a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the podcast. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, I'll keep your opinions to yourself. (laughs) 